0: And the praise team. Beautiful music. So, um, I know I don't do this very often, but um, I want to pray before I begin. I think you'll understand why in a minute. Lord, God, help us to get your mind on these matters. Father, it grieves my soul that I even have to preach this sermon. And I know it grieves yours. Lord, let the peace and grace and mercy that flows from the blood of Jesus be real for anyone who is caught up in these things. May we receive Your abundant mercy and forgiveness. Father, may we hear your word and may we be witnesses to it. I ask for your help and I ask for your help for those who hear. We pray this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. I uh, love my job all the time. I think I've shared this with you before. Uh, Every Sunday night, I journal, and I thank God that I get to do this, right? Um, I can't believe He sends me money to preach the gospel. I've never gotten over the shock and surprise of it and the joy of it. I love that I get to do this. But I I hate this sermon. Um, I hate that I have to preach this sermon. Uh, I've only preached it. this will be my second time in 13 years, so I probably have been negligent and remiss. I try not to be... Tied heavily to what goes on in America. I think I'm pretty successful in not being American-centric. But um, this is an anniversary in America. And it weighed on me. And I knew the Lord wanted me to speak to you about these things. Um, So as I prepare for this kind of sermon, I'll just share with you what I've been going through for the last few days. This is what I've been feeling. Grief and sadness, heart sickness, disbelief, disgust, loathing, revulsion, indignation, and outrage. God tells us in Ephesians 5, verse 11, He's telling us, He says, do not participate in unfruitful deeds, but instead expose them. We are supposed to be the light of the world. We are supposed to expose the deeds of darkness, even when it's extremely uncomfortable for us. And I'm just going to begin with one of my favorite quotes. Yes, of course, you know who it's from. John Piper. It's your last time here, so. Piper says, human life is all about God. And what I want to say to you, if you ever get to where you really understand that and believe that, then you have a grip on what it means to be a human being on the planet. Now, if you don't understand that all of human life is about God, if you don't understand that, you haven't yet begun to understand what it means to be a human being. You are a unique creation of God. Piper says, this is the meaning of being human. It is our created nature to make much of God. It is our glory to worship the glory of God. It's why you're here. It's why He brought you into existence. There's no other reason that really matters other than that one. Human life is all about God. So, that leads me to say that sex is all about God. Conception is all about God. Pregnancy is all about God. The baby in the womb is all about God motherhood is all about God, fatherhood is all about God, and of course that means that abortion is all about God. This is the 44th anniversary of Roe v. Wade in the U.S. and in in the tradition I grew up in, the third Sunday of January was called Sanctity of Life Sunday. Um, And there are big marches all over the country for those who value God's creation in the womb. So this is what pushed me into the corner. I argued with God some. Lord, I don't like that sermon. I don't want to preach that sermon. Of course, that's always a bad thing to say if you're a preacher. You don't argue with your boss. And so this is where we are, beloved. He has required me To bring this message to you. And what I want to say is if you're a victim, if you're a victim of abortion, as you heard me pray, there is forgiveness in Christ Jesus, particularly in this church. We love you, there's no judgment here. Christ Jesus' shed blood is enough for you just as it is for me in all of my sin. Yes, the baby is the principal victim, but if you know anything about abortion, you know that the woman is also a victim. Many never lose the guilt and the grief. And it's a big burden to carry. I'm going to share with you just a couple of testimonies I saw on the internet of women. Just a couple. A 22-year-old American woman says, I was 10 weeks pregnant when I aborted, and my life has been hell ever since. I regretted the abortion before I got it done. I was awake through the procedure, and I cried while they did it. I have been depressed, feeling guilty and regret. Every day I think of my baby, wishing I could bring it back, knowing I can't. I've even been having dreams about my baby, and some of them I'm holding her, and some I'm still pregnant. I'm trying to move on, but it's getting worse. Some days I feel like I can't go on. I feel horrible for what I did, and I don't know how many times I can ask for forgiveness I can't even forgive myself. If I could, I'd bring my baby back. How does anyone forgive themselves and carry on after something like this? If anyone is reading this and is a believer in the Most High God, please pray for me. Another woman, 22-year-old American woman. I will never forget the day I had the abortion, the worst day of the rest of my life. I cried myself to sleep every night thinking of my baby. There is nothing worse than the feeling that you killed your own child. I'm depressed every day of my life, and I'm on medicine for it. I have thought about suicide. If you are reading this and thinking about an abortion, please don't do it. Your life will never be the same. I have the rest of my life to think about killing my child. I saw one woman, she talked about waking up in a cold sweat on the 30th anniversary of the abortion procedure and she said they tell you in the clinic that it's like any other surgical procedure but nobody wakes up on the 30th anniversary of their appendectomy and she woke up and she's still dealing with it 30 years later women are victim women have been deceived Just quickly, there's about a 400% higher suicide rate among those who have had abortions. There's hypochondria, depression, shame, substance abuse, emotional trauma, multiple future pregnancy complications, two times as likely to have a miscarriage, three times as likely to have a stillborn. There are many premature births and low birth weight births. So, what's our job as the church? We are to expose the deeds of wickedness. That's what we do. That's part of what we do. We speak light into the darkness. We speak love and compassion and forgiveness and healing and hope into darkness. This is what the church of Christ does. This is what we do. We offer hope to those who have lost it, those who have become victims of this horrible billion dollar industry. One woman was asked, if you could go back and talk to yourself the day you had the the procedure, what would you say? She said, I would say, don't do it! For God's sake, don't do it! Now I know you can go on the internet and see a lot of stuff on the other side. But it's so foolish compared to the weight and gravity of the truth. I have seen in my research that even fathers, some fathers who were complicit in the abortion of their child have severe prolonged struggle and guilt and grief. But obviously, a far greater degree for the woman so here's what i want to say at the beginning mothers if you've killed your child fathers if you've killed your child parents if you've been a part of killing your grandchildren medical professional if you've performed or assisted in these killings i want to tell you that there is forgiveness and wholeness in Christ. You need to know it's available. It's available here. And if you want to talk to me, probably would rather talk to Karen. We are here for you. One of the most oft-repeated verses in this pulpit is Colossians 1.16. We are made by Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ. The womb is all about God. Now, you can try to make lesser arguments here, but the truth of the matter is, it's all about a creator doing an awesome work in the womb. That's what it's ultimately about. You can make all the arguments you want, but at the end of the day, they don't matter. The only argument that matters is God's argument. It's His creative work. He's sovereign in it. It's what only He can do. So let me give you a definition of abortion. The removal or induced expulsion of an embryo or fetus. Of course, a human embryo refers to the child from conception to the second month, and a fetus refers to the child from the third month forward. One thing you notice when you get into this awful subject is that the pro-abortion rhetoric, it's how good they are at masking what's really happening. They use uh, vague and innocuous, inoffensive, technical-sounding jargon so we don't have to deal with the fact That a murder is happening. It's obviously much easier to talk about the termination of a pregnancy or an abortion of the fetus than to talk about infanticide. Those of you who are knowledgeable, you know that it's excruciating intellectually to listen to the arguments On the other side, it's transparently self-serving and it's devoid of objective reality and logic. When you see all the rhetoric and the slogans, when you put all of that aside, what is left is a campaign and a culture that has convinced that mother that it's better for her to kill her child for whatever reason, it comes down to the fact that this mother has been convinced that this is her best option. You can try to spin it any way you want to spin it, but it comes down to the mother and her desire. Of course, there are forced abortions and some places in the world, most notably in Asia, for two heinous reasons, uh, for population control and for gender selection, it's ironic that abortion is marketed as a female entitlement when at least half of abortions are or more are directed at females. Being female, and believe it or not, I read this, is deemed... In some places, as a birth defect and/or a sexually transmitted disease, I actually read that. Of course, there are medically necessary abortions for those who uh, to help whose mother's life is in danger. Um, those are in the minority. The vast minority. There's this schizophrenia in the States where a 22 year old baby in one operating room can be murdered, and a, 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 another 22 week old um, baby can be having interuterine surgery performed on it that it might live. There's this insane schizophrenia that permeates the culture. And I'm convinced that if most women were given all the facts, I believe the vast majority of them would not do it. I believe they would not abort their child. There's science behind this. There are statistics behind this. Women who are counseled in in, in the full orb of all that's encompassed, the majority... Go ahead and have the child. This is where you come in. And this is one reason I'm preaching this tonight. You're supposed to be knowledgeable and articulate about this. And you're supposed to be loving the women around you with the truth. That's our job. To love the women around us with the truth and even the husbands, or the men, the boyfriends, that they would not encourage an abortion in the case of pregnancy. Some years ago, I was very active in this whole thing. I marched. I lectured. I picketed. I confronted pseudo-pastors from pseudo-churches who said they were pro-choice. Um... I spoke to abortionists. And I'll tell you this, the only time I ever felt like I was in the presence of a demon was when I was with this man. I'm not saying all abortionists are demon-possessed, but I'm saying I believe this man was. And I've done all the debates. I've, I've rebutted all the arguments. But you know what? People like to argue. But you know what cuts right through the argument? You know what cuts right to It's the picture of an aborted child. That cuts right to it. Now, the pro-abortionists, they hate the pictures. They rail against the pictures. Well, of course they do. It's truth. And you can't equivocate a picture. I've always contended you could show an aborted child to a six-year-old, and they would know it's wrong. Forget the philosophical arguments and the medical arguments and the theological arguments. You could look at it and you know it's wrong. So, if you don't understand what abortion is, it's as close as your Google window. don't you dare call yourself a Christian and be ignorant. It's as close as your Google window. Dismembered babies rebuts every philosophical argument. I've sometimes heard willfully ignorant people defend abortion by saying that it is not specifically mentioned or prohibited in the Bible, and it's like, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's astonishing how chosen blindness and bias, wanton bias, works. It's true, the Bible doesn't use the term abortion, embryo, or fetus. All fetus and embryo mean are baby. That's all it means. But he has a lot to say about what he's doing in the room. womb. You guys know uh, Psalm 139, 13, and 16. David says to God... For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Beloved, do you see the ultimate biblical argument here? This is the work of God. I can give you a lot of good arguments against abortion, but here it is. Here's the one that really matters. It's the work of God. It's the image of God in the womb. It's why Satan attacks it in this modern culture. It's why Satan attacks the womb. It's the image of God. It's the act of God. There's a whole lot of arguments. There's none more lofty and true than that it is all about God it's more listen it's more about God than it is the mother listen we need to learn to think like the Bible and stop listening to the world we need to start thinking like the 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 word of God instructs us to think it's more about God than a woman's right love it. We need to lovingly convey this reality to our friends, family. Job says, God has fashioned me in the womb. Isaiah says, God has formed me in the womb. The Bible is clear. You hear all these stupid arguments about personhood, right? The Bible is clear. It's a person in there. God's working on a person in there. God's working on a soul in there in the womb of the mother. You know, I used to quote this verse a lot back in the day when I was active. Um, Jeremiah 1, five. You know this great Beautiful verse. God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I mean, to me, that pretty much ends all debate for anyone who professes to be a Christian or a Bible believer. That shuts down all other arguments. So what's at stake? It's God... The act of God, the image of God. Genesis 1.27, God created man in His own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. That's God's image. It's the image of God. As James 3.9 says, we are made in the likeness of God. You guys know Genesis 9.6, whoever sheds... Man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God He made him. God forbids the shedding of blood, particularly innocent blood. And of course, abortion is shedding innocent blood. It's a demonic attack on God. It's a satanic attack on God. Jesus called him out talking about Satan. He said, He's a murderer from the beginning. And he's a father of lies. He can tell such good lies that some women believe they should kill their baby. That's how good of a liar he is. And he loves to kill the children, he loves to kill the image of God. And he loves to burden the woman for the rest of her life lest she come to Christ and, and be forgiven by His shed blood. He loves to do it. The World Health Organization says there are 50 to 60 million abortions worldwide. That is the population of Italy. It is all of the casualties of World War II. But this is every year. For, the year. for the hour and a half that we'll be in, in here, 9,000 children will be killed. It is truly a silent holocaust. Early term abortions are usually drug-induced. In, su- in the first trimester, there's, there's suction, aspiration. A vacuum will suck out the, the child by part or in whole. Second trimester, usually dilation and excavation. Using surgical instruments to to enter the womb and dismember, decapitate, and remove the child. Late term, one option is saline uh, uh, abortion where saline is injected into the the, uh, womb. The amniotic fluid is removed and the injection is made of saline. The child is burned inside and out. And of course, you guys have heard of partial birth abortion for extreme late-term abortions. The child's legs, torso, and shoulders are delivered. And while the head is still in the birth canal, the back of the neck is punctured and the brains are sucked out. If you don't know this woman, I commend her testimony to you on YouTube. Gianna Jessen. Gianna Jessen. That's J-E-S-S-N. She survived a saline abortion. And she has a powerful testimony as an adult. A powerful testimony. She said, I was hated at conception. But Jesus loves me. And I'm His. And I've forgiven my biological mother. I've forgiven the abortionist. I'm not supposed to be here, but I am here. It's just a beautiful testimony. It's an absolutely beautiful testimony. And she gives all glory. She says, listen, my suffering... And she's got cerebral palsy because of the the abortion attempt, right? She's got cerebral palsy. And you always hear these arguments. Well, we have to to abort because of possible uh, disability. And she, she busts that up, man. She says, I hate that. She says, I'm disabled. But she said, you know what? My weakness is my sermon. Don't you love it? My weakness is my sermon. It's my sermon. I loved that. I commend her testimony to you. 150,000 children worldwide suffer these violent and barbaric deaths without an anesthetic. John Piper says there is the sin of abortion and there is the sin of indifference to abortion. So, it's my prayer that no one within the hearing of my voice would be indifferent. If you're ignorant, educate yourself. Listen, if you're ignorant today, it's willful ignorance. All you have to do is Google. It's all there. The truth is there. The lies are there, but the truth is there. So if you're ignorant, I exhort you to be ignorant no more, to become educated, to speak in love, to speak the truth, to offer hope and healing and compassion and wholeness to women who have been victims, and to save lives, to save the lives of children. I pray none of us would be guilty of the sin of indifference to abortion. Just a few more points as I close. As I said earlier, you guys know there's there's that great text in Proverbs 6 where God says, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. And you know one thing He says, I hate hands that shed innocent blood. He says, I hate it. I hate it. You guys know Psalm 106, 37 to 40. And of course, you know if you know some of your Old Testament, you realize that the Old Testament uh, Hebrews had descended or devolved into the point where they were sacrificing their children to idols. And God's anger was kindled and he judged them for it. You say, Well, Jim, this is different. We don't worship idols. Oh, what is the core definition of an idol? You tell me. Oh, it's anything I put before God or the Word of God. Well, we know that millions of children are sacrificed to the idol of selfishness, convenience, ease, a boyfriend or husband problem, a parental problem, societal acceptance, education and career opportunities, financial security, social responsibility, etc., etc., etc. We also know that there's this new idol now of a perfect baby and gender selection. It's a new idol. I'm willing to kill to get what I want. It's a new idol. Exodus 4.11, God says, Who has made the man deaf, dumb, blind, or seeing? Is it not I, the Lord? John Piper says, God has unseen designs and never disability. MacArthur says, "We We are all defective. It's only a matter of degree. I love what Randy Alcorn says, and his book, is in the, his book is in the bookshelf. Please take one if you're ignorant on these matters. Randy Alcorn says, Ask any disabled person if they would rather be dead. Just ask them. Just go up and ask them. I was listening to Gianna, as I told you, Jessen. And she says, you know, she shouldn't be here to begin with, but, but the, the most obvious thing you notice about her, she, she has a hard time walking. She, 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 she limps. And she says, I'm limping all over the world for the glory of Christ. Don't you love it? My weakness is my sermon for the glory of Christ. I happily lived throughout the world for the glory of Christ. And you remember what Jesus said about the blind man, right? Well, why was he born born blind? Was it the sin of of his parents or his sin? What did Jesus say? Someone tell me. You've got to know this story. What does he say? What does Jesus say? For the glory of God. You say, Jim, I don't get it. It doesn't matter if you get it. It doesn't matter if I get it. God said it! And Jesus healed him. It was an awesome thing. We know, if we know our Old Testament, that conception is always seen as the gift of God. God gives or God withholds. Conception. It's always about God. It's never not about God. It's easy to confirm if you simply read the Old Testament. And of course, there are the hard cases, rape and incest, incest, which I will say to you, in the U.S., I don't know about the world, but in the U.S., it's 1% of all abortions, rape and incest, 1%. But my goal is that we would have the mind of God and not the mind of the abortion propaganda machine and the the politically correct machine. I know the world can't hear this, and they hate it and reject it. But we need to be able to hear it and submit to it. That God is sovereign in conception, period. Rape and incest are always horrible, but let's be careful that our thinking is guided by the Word of God and not by emotional arguments. In that book, and I'll just let you read it if you choose to. Alcorn There's a survey of women who were impregnated through rape or incest and who ultimately chose to have the child. I'll let you listen to them. I'll let you listen to them. So, sex is all about God. Some of you are being careless with your sexuality, some of you are not using your sexuality to honor your maker. Sex is all about God. Conception, pregnancy, the baby, the mother, the father, and abortion, it's all about God. Ephesians 5.11 again, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. So God has required that I stand in this place and expose them. He knows I don't like to preach this sermon. He knows it ruins my whole week. But it's a small price to pay if there's one person in here that has the ears to hear. It's a small price to pay if there's another person in here who will come alongside a woman and help them. It's a small price to pay If. Listen, I heard some statistics in the States. Again, I don't know worldwide statistics. There probably aren't any that exist. But in the States, there's a huge percentage of women who had some degree of association with the church who have had abortions. So what I want to say to you, there's probably a woman in here or a couple who've who've gotten caught up in this. They're here. What I want to say to you is you are clean in Christ. Let it go! We need to be able to say this to them and love them, encourage them. You in Christ, you are clean. You remember what Paul said to Corinthians, I present you as a chaste virgin bride. Beloved, it's our call. It's what we're supposed to do in the world. So, our job is to say what God says. Our job is to speak the truth. And I want to say to you as I close if you're here and you haven't gotten closure on this, you are a victim. This is a safe place, you will be loved you will be ministered to. We will pray with you. And we will help you to see that you are forgiven. David was a murderer. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. And if you've ever hated another person, you're a murderer. We are all sinners. We all are all in desperate need of forgiveness. And I just want to say to you, we love you. And though your sins are as scarlet, they will be made white as snow. This is the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, we, if it's needed in this room, we pray for healing and wholeness, forgiveness. If it's needed in this room that There'll be a letting go of any guilt or shame. There'll be a letting go, never to pick it up again. Because your work is sufficient, your blood is sufficient. Though our sins are as scarlet, we are as white as snow. Lord, I pray that we would all be educated in these matters. And we would love people enough to speak about it in the world. We know the world doesn't want to hear it. But You've not called us to win the majority argument. You've just called us to be witnesses. So, Lord, help us be the light in the darkness Oh God, use us if it pleases You to save a life and to offer forgiveness to a mother. Thank You, Father, that Your love transcends all of our sin. What an awesome God! What an awesome Savior You are! We are clean. We are whole. We are healed. Thank You, Father. We give all praise, glory, and honor to the one before whom every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. We pray in His name. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just stand and I'll close you with a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. Be sure to say arrivederci to Martin and Rita. And if we don't see you guys again, we'll see you soon on the other side. God bless. Have a great week.